You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. Today is going to be a fun one because we're talking about something we don't talk about very often on this podcast, and that is about expanding your business in a different way. So not just doing the normal way of get more clients, but doing things in a different way. Because as you know, I talk about different business models all the time. I'm a big believer in looking at different business models that work for you. And this is one of those business models that people often overlook, but actually can be gold. So I have with me a guest as always. So my guest today is Nicolene El-Haddad. And she helps people expand their businesses in lots of different ways. But the one I want to concentrate on today, which she's a genius at, is franchising. Now, when we talk about franchising, often the first thing that people think about is, well, I can't franchise my business. We're going to get on later on during this chat into why you absolutely can. But first of all, welcome Nicolene to the podcast. Thanks, Lisa. I'm super excited to be here. I want to go into one of the things that you really believe, and I've seen you talk about this before, is about that we have to get sometimes uncomfortable with things because, you know, we're CEOs. As business owners, it can be really difficult when we first start something up to kind of go, well, this is what I'm going to do, knowing that, let's be honest, it might not work, like not everything works. And that can feel really uncomfortable. But you did that, didn't you, when you first started? Yeah, for me, growing your business means that you have to evolve first as a person. I I believe that we cannot have two locations or even a franchise by still being the same person. So my logic sense tells me that I need to evolve, which means my business will need to evolve. And it means going outside of your comfort zone. You know, like we all hit this kind of ceiling, whether it's the income ceiling or your team's growth size, or just even the way in which you impact people. But for me, when I I want to build something, I always ask myself, how big can I build this business where I can impact other people's lives? Because I truly believe if I do that, the money will come, the success will be with it, there will be something that I can give back to the community. But if I can expand it, it just really that tickles me, it like really gets my me going. And, and I think that's where I realized that I cannot be the same person. And I have a lot of fears that I'm going to step through. But that's almost what challenges me more than just making the money. When you first started this business, you'd, you'd obviously, you knew about business and you had businesses before, but you started a business where you opened a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Now, I have these weird little dreams every now and again where I go, I'm going to start an independent cinema. Um, it's one of those <laughs> things that I've always thought one day I'm going to do that. But what stops me is thinking, well, I don't know anything about how to do that, but you just went ahead and did it anyway. 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. And we also didn't actually tell people, Lisa, before we actually opened our first store because of the fact that we knew nothing of this industry and we knew people would comment about it. And even at that point, we were already seven figure earners. We were very successful in the business world. There's just always those people that will have something negative to say. So we thought, you know, if other people can have coffee shops, if other people can have restaurants, then we could learn how to do that. I knew how to run a business, but I had no idea how to make coffee or pastries, but I knew that there are experts out there that could teach me and help me build a team that they can be the ones doing it. And I think because we have eight businesses right now, we know that I don't have to be the one that runs everything in my business. And this is hard, Lisa, for people that start their own business. They think they have to be the only one doing everything. And I get it. We were like that in the beginning too, but I value my time far more than I value the money. And I, and I rather get people that helps me do the thing they usually do it 10 times better than me anyway and they get to do it with me and that's how I build an empire so yeah we went into the coffee business I did do research for about two years I spent a lot of time in coffee shops I viewed how people would make mistakes what do they think is good and bad I spoke to a lot of coffee shop owners as well and I and I kind of put all that information in a basket and I chose what I wanted to take from there to go and build my own brand and I wanted to be different from everybody else and when we started we also knew that this might not work. So from the get-go, we worked out worst case scenario. If this does not work in six months or a year from now, what is truly going to be our loss? Because this is another thing that people exaggerate in their minds. They think if I'm going to invest 100K, I'm going to lose the full 100K. But it never is that way in a physical business. Um, you're buying equipment, you're building something, you're, you've got your uniforms, so you, can you know, sell all those you can yeah. sell it. And we worked out that up to about, we would get worst case scenario, 70% back. And for me to, to try something that could possibly be massive was worth the risk. And that's why I encourage my clients today is just to look at, well, you already have one location. If you could expand that to two or three, what's really the worst case scenario that would, you know, can turn out if it doesn't work. And oh, that's yeah. where you need to start your, your, your mental process from. I think that's great because I think that you're talking about physical now often, what I'm doing is teaching people to do an online business where if we're honest about it, there isn't even any capital at the beginning of starting an online business. And yet people are like, but what if I fail? And it's like, well, so yeah, like, so what? Like, give it a go. <laughs> That's what I always think because online for me, like even when we take some of our businesses online as an additional revenue stream, th th your time is invested in the beginning. And I think we're doing so much where we spend our time and wasting it on other things that if you could try to you know, focus on a revenue stream and you could quadruple that and it can be automated, it's just such a more business savvy way to grow your business. But yes, it's usually the, I think you said it's more the self-belief where the problem comes in. I mean, the night before we, we opened our first coffee shop, I turned to my husband and said, I don't think anybody's going to show up. Now, just to give context to this is that we sell our coffee at about 50 cents to you guys in the, in the UK um, for a cup of coffee. Everything we sell in our coffee shop is at that price. Now, regularly, people would pay about two pounds for a cup of coffee here. And I had doubts and my husband was saying, are you crazy? Of course people will come. This is like the first ever. So I think it's just because we've put too much pressure on ourselves. We think people will judge who we are. And yes, if we fail, what would people say? But I am now more focused on the fact that, well, if I don't do it, what will actually happen? You know, what are the people that I'm going to lose out on that I could help? You know, I, I was telling you earlier that we sell up to 28,000 cups of coffee today. I mean, that's huge. Like I could never even imagine that. So now we've got stores and in, in, in parts of our country I've never even been. We've got business partners that have joined that have 
build this business so they can leave it for their children. That's life-changing for me. And that's when I realized that's the franchising kind of model that I wanted to create because it's bigger than me and it is just more beautiful than what I could do by myself. So let's talk about that. So you have this one coffee shop. It did well. What made you go, well, let's do another one then? (laughs) <laughs> let's just do exactly the same thing yeah, let's go wild let's go wild yeah so we did grow very fast in our first year so in our first year we had five stores and um we did them also strategically in specific locations because we wanted to know if the concept would work or not and also our model from the beginning was that we would work and survive from the till which means we didn't have to reinvest in any of the stores the setup was the cost and that's it which means you need to know your numbers you need to plan very well a business like that but when we had the five stores. I knew I reached my limit in the amount of time I could spend on these locations. I only had one assistant. We were working day and night. I was living on adrenaline and it was really exciting. I barely saw my kids. My, my little one was six months at that stage, um, but I really loved my concept. And I realized when people started walking in, asking us if we would ever consider franchising, I thought, well, why would someone want to buy my business? You know, I can see it's successful, but why don't they just go do their own thing? And it was when I had a conversation with my husband, he said, well, it's because people are too scared. They're too scared to take that risk. They don't know where to start. And it's easier for them to just join you and have you as a guide and a mentor and help them be successful. And it really was like that moment when the penny dropped. And I thought, you know, this is for the men and women who have always dreamt of owning a coffee shop. They don't know where to start. They might not have any business skills, but I can help them. And that's where within the first six months, we sold our very first franchise. And then we didn't sell one for another year because we really wanted to make sure we had her, you know, master the skill. And she was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, she actually has sometimes more energy than I had in my own business because this was her dream come true. And Lisa, this is what I believe when you franchise your business and you give people the opportunity to have a successful business, they look up to you. They really think, like you are the bomb. You've done the thing that they've always wanted to do. And you're giving them everything in a box. What actually happens? So somebody likes your business that you've got and wants to kind of have an exact copy business. And so they pay you to help them with that and to license the name. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah. So we have a contract set up. So when we find someone that's, you know, pre-approved, we've done all the checks, they've signed all the the NDAs and the agreements. Then what happens is we help them register a company name in their own name that's trading as under our company name. And then we help them find a location. And my team will then go in and completely build out the store for you. We also train all their staff for them and we train the franchisee. And that usually happens within three to four weeks. And then we help you open the physical store and then you run the store by yourself. But we continuously train you all the time we give you business advice you get all of our contact with suppliers so we give you really a complete business setup um, and you walk in with us and we help you manage that so a lot of our franchises now we, we show them the business plan so that they can see within a year they'll be able to make their investment back and then hopefully invest again so most of our franchisees actually have three to four stores and um, which is a nice model because i don't want too many outside people coming in i'd rather have the family just grow bigger inside um, but that's the simplicity of it it's really that we take control we build it we train you and we monetize it as with you as we grow And you've helped people in different industries with different business models franchise their own businesses. Now, tell us about some of those successes. 
Yeah. So we've got some clients that are in the beauty industry, which is uh, something that I'm qualified in as well. And is one of my big passions, I'm in a spa every week. So <laughs> it's easy for me to help those clients, but yeah, we help them first um, get to a model where they could have two additional stores, because I believe in building your own wealth so that you are not dependent on other people as well. So we make your business much more profitable in the beginning. And then when they have additional stores, we help them find their first franchisees. They follow the exact steps that I have. And these are the reason why we didn't think of franchising from the first day is because I had this thought that it's, you know, it's only McDonald's. It's only these big names. You have to be multimillionaire. You have to be corporate. And I thought, no, if I want to franchise, I'm going to do it my way. I want to do it simple. Our contract is only a few pages. Everything is simple. There's no red tape because as long as the business is protected and the two parties on each side only sees the most important asset as the business, I like to keep things simple that way. So that's how I teach my clients to do it in that way. They use our contacts through our lawyers and they can use their own people as well, but we really try to keep it simple for them. But once they've got their first franchise, they've gone through the whole process, which is, Lisa, it's exactly as if you're opening another location. The only thing that's different is you've got someone else running it now. Like you don't have to take any of that responsibility over, but then you would just repeat it over and over. So we help them choose locations close to them in the beginning first so that the training and all of that time spent is easy to manage. But then whatever rate and pace they want to follow and in the expansion is completely up to them. Can people have a franchise of something that doesn't have a location? So it can- if it's online, I've got, well, let me put it this way. I've got a client who's an HR. So she runs her office from her home, um, but she goes and sees clients and she's now franchising. She's got two new locations that she's setting up. And also with the franchising, there's different ways in which you can do it. You can franchise it by opening locations yourself and then selling them off, which is not something that we do. So that's why I was mentioning before that like you don't need money to franchise. The franchisee invests in you, you use their money to set up their location. And from there, you can help them to grow. So the, the capital is very, low when you want to franchise. But if it is that you're working from home or online, you're actually selling the franchise of the service itself. So there would be a package that would still be involved. It would be your programs. It would be the service that you're doing. It would be even if you're making things from home, like a party events client that I've got right now, she does everything from home, but her contacts, the way she emails, the way she markets, like the whole package of her business in a box, that's what she sells off to someone. And the, the whole plan for me is, Lisa, is to open up people's minds up to find people who are like you, people that are want to work from home or who wants to be only online or who wants to maybe partner with someone. So one of my clients also franchises, but she does it with partners. So each of her locations, she owns 50% of the business as well. And that's just another way. Like I don't believe in only cookie cutter. There, it cannot just be the same for everybody. I think you must make it that it works for you. And if you don't want any other additional locations, you only want your specific one. That's also a model that you can follow through franchising. I like that because I'm always on the lookout for different types of business models. I believe that there are different ways of doing things. And when people talk about expanding their business, they always think all that means is getting more clients or putting their price up. And it doesn't have to mean that, or even just like adding a service. There are different ways of doing things. And I think franchising and partnerships, like I'm big on partnerships right now, but franchising as well is like such a brilliant way of doing things because you probably, you know, there are some people listening to this that already have everything. 
that, you know, like they have their brand built, they have everything there. They just need to know how to get other people to want it and to, to teach them how to do it and all of how to package this up, which is exactly what you teach people. So yeah. it's a brilliant way of doing things. So yeah, I think if you, if you have a dream, Lisa, that you, you want a legacy, you want to build something that's much bigger than you, then that's where franchising comes in. Because like I said today, like we've got thousands and thousands of clients every day, but I also have business partners that now can add value to my business. They think of things that I haven't thought of. They bring us connections that we could never have because we didn't know them. So I, it's really when you get to that point where you go, you know, I want something that's bigger than me. I know I don't know everything. I'm okay with making mistakes. It's going to be fine. I want to just expand and really impact thousands of lives. I mean, we employ so many people today, which is such a gift for me. Um, and that could only be possible if I allowed myself to step aside and do what my business needs me to do and not just what I want to do, which is very hard for an entrepreneur because you always <laughs> want to be the center, which I think is beautiful. But if you realize, like if you have a salon right now and you can imagine serving a thousand people every day through all of your locations and they use your products and it's your brand and that makes your insides tingle, then that's something that I think you should you know, definitely look into expanding into. Yeah, I think you, what you just said there is really right. Sometimes we think about ourselves as our business. And although we're a personal brand, you have to separate it off. Like I was doing the values for my company this year and realized that what I had been doing unsuccessfully is taking the values that I have as a person and trying to give my business those values when you know, through yeah. marketing and content mm -hmm. and whatever. Well, actually, it's a completely different entity. My business has completely different values to me. And that's yeah. okay. It's all right yeah. to have that. And, and sometimes I think we think of it all as one thing and it doesn't have to be that way. Like it can be complete, especially if you want it to be bigger than you. Otherwise, you're yes. going to be the bottleneck constantly stopping your business from growing, which we definitely yeah. don't want to do. And, and I know that a lot of people will say, oh, but my, my business can't run without me. And that's one thing that I'm very big on. And all eight of our businesses, Lisa, they run successfully without me. I believe that if you want a really, really successful business that can survive things like COVID or when you go away for a holiday for a month or you get sick, your business has to be able to run without you. And you need teams for that. You need people for that. You don't need hundreds, but you need one or two people that can really step in and take your space because not only will they probably do things better than you, even though we don't believe it in the moment, but it does allow you to really step into the visionary role, which is so important for a business because we cannot dream and grow and do the labor work all at the same time and being the visionary is essential especially with franchising like sometimes my hubby and I will go out for dinner and all we do is just dream for our business and that's so important because if you can't see beyond where you are right now that's why you stay where you are yeah how does it possibly get bigger if you can't even imagine it that's mm. so true so well I'm going off topic here because I want to talk to you about something that recently happened to you so you have been scared of flying for a while oh, yes. <laughs> and this year just recently you forced mm. yourself onto a plane so that you could get over this fear of flying I yeah. know people with a proper fear of flying and won't go on a plane now you said to me you know it's been stopping me doing things that I want to do yeah. and I can't have that happen anymore how the hell did you do it <laughs> Well, it was, it was big. It was huge. Just to give it concepts, I haven't flown in 
in a plane for over 10 years. I had a panic attack on a plane many years ago. We don't know why, but I just played it safe, which is what a lot of people do when we have a fear of anything, you know, going live on Facebook or hiring a staff member. And um, I just played it safe and stayed at home. And I realized that it was actually holding me back because I had a voice in the back of my head saying, there's something wrong with you for not being able to get on this plane. There must be something wrong with you, even though we didn't know what it was. And I didn't notice it until I actually got on the plane and sat on a beach next to Cyprus that I realized, oh my goodness, I was doing a lot of things in my life and also not doing them to compensate for this hole. But being able to get there, I really, I, at least I had a panic attack a week before we got on the plane. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I really allowed the fear to take over my life, which is not nice, but this is what happens when you have anxiety. And what I did is I went to the doctor and I said, I need something. I didn't have enough time to do all the meditation and all the healing work because I just avoided it. I really did. And now I'm actually on a much more beautiful journey, seeing people and helping to through meditation and actually getting to the core of my, my issues. But then I said, I need something that's going to keep me calm, but not drugged. I'm going to fly with my kids. I want to be able to be awake. I don't like sleeping. So I don't like any kind of, kind of drug, but I need to be able to be safe to be on a plane because my biggest fear, Lisa, was not the, the flight or the fact that we might crash or anything like that, which a lot of people have. For me is I have claustrophobia. So when the plane door closes and I realize, oh crap, I can't get out. This is like a very big, like I, I physically can't even breathe. So the doctors had to mix a few different lightly medicated medication just to help me feel better. And it was surprising that even when I only needed to take half of all the things they gave me, I took half of a tablet, it subsided that not not kind of feeling in my stomach and the fact that I'm scared to just focus on my children and to say that this is something that I needed to do for me because I know I'll be okay. So to say that I couldn't speak, I couldn't even hug my children. They were not even allowed to touch me or look at me. I couldn't even watch a movie on the plane because throughout the entire flight, I had to be focused on my, like my meditation. I had like games I played. I, I had a book to read. There were some few things that people gave me tips on, but it was a struggle the first flight. But when I landed, Lisa, it was really as if the mountains were lifted off my shoulders. I knew I wasn't cured. I knew I needed to keep to take the tablets whenever we flew, but I knew I could do it. And You've since done it. then, everything in my life has changed. The way I look at things, the way I communicate with people, what I choose to do first in the morning, it's just really, it's been life-changing. So for anybody that does struggle with this, my, my first suggestion is get help. Like, don't try to figure this out by yourself. I, I even made the mistake when we flew to Cyprus, it was a short flight from Israel. I thought, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm not even going to take anything. And then when we sat on the plane, the plane was delayed for 20 minutes. And Lisa, it was like someone put a switch on and the anxiety immediately came back. I wanted to get off the plane. I started crying. I was freaking out. And my husband said, just take the tablet. You know, yeah. like it wasn't something that's going to make me fall asleep. But again, it was that choice, the fear, the weakness, the voice talking in the back of my head. And I just thought, you know what? I don't need to fix myself overnight. This is a journey that I'm going to be on and I want to continue working on this. So needless to say, we have booked our next trip. We're continuously traveling now because my husband says that this is the way to walk through your fear. You have to take the first step. And that's usually the hardest one because I couldn't even get myself to book a ticket. Yeah. Now talking about traveling is more fun. And I know I'm going to be scared. I know I'm going to have to take the tablet, but it's perfectly fine. But I, at least now I've got a, a plan. I'm going to do you know, my research. I'm going to go into meditation. I'm going to go into healing so that I can find myself, which is a lot of our problems, Lisa, has got to do with who we are and how we think of ourselves and our past that influences us. And I really want to work on myself this year. I think it's amazing because you've, it doesn't matter if you feel scared. You've done it. And when you do something, you know you can do it again. 
I always say, like, feel the fear, know that you're scared, but don't let it stop you. Like, I think what we try and do too much of the time is get rid of the fear. You can't get yeah. rid of the fear. The fear is there. Allow it to be there, but don't let it dictate you. And I, I think it's brilliant that you showed that you can do this. And I can see how it would have such an impact on everything else in your life once you realize yeah. that even with that fear, you've done it. And what a lesson for everybody else who has a fear of something that they mm-hmm. know they can overcome it. I've loved talking to you today. And I know that there are going to be people listening that are thinking, hold on a minute, I can franchise my business then and (laughs) expand that way. Where is the best place for people to come and hang out with you? Well, everywhere on socials, I'm Nicolene Alphadad Coaching. Um, and I love chatting to people. So you're more than welcome to message me. I'd love to hear what your business is about. Um, I think I'm gifted in the way that I can see the expansion for your brand already. And some brands, Lisa, they do need to start with one or two locations. And some people can expand very fast. Um, but it's all about knowing who you are and what your real core dream is for your business. Um, and that's something that I want to help you expand. So yeah, they can reach out to me and I'd love to just chat and get to know their business. Amazing. We'll put that into the show notes so you can go straight there. Thank you for being here today and sharing that with us. As always, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please go subscribe to it. I was looking the other day and the more people that subscribe, the more we can promote it to other people and other people will see this podcast and then even more guests we can get on for you. So please do go and subscribe if you haven't already, if you've liked listening to this podcast. And I will be back next week with another episode of Making Money Online. I will see you then. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.